Hey everybody, this is Scott. Unfortunately, I'm not able to be at the podcast this week because I'm away on a wonderful vacation in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, one of my favorite places in the world. But I hope you enjoy as you are listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I am your moderator, and I am joined this week by Esposo de la Pastora, Dan Marcello. Hola. Hola. It's not the same without Bill's clapping. Thank you, Dan. And <laughs> that was sad. Also, joined, it's so much worse when it's just one person. <laughs> and also joining us this week is Children's Director Morgan Lang. Woo! Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. <laughs> I accidentally clapped over you. <laughs> I was so excited. We're not starting over. We're already late. Um, Morgan, will you please uh, please start us off uh, with prayer? Sure. Lord God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be together, um, just talking about families and how life has been in the crazy, crazy past months. Um, Lord God, I just pray for guidance as we uh, think about you and think about how to parent and um, all of the all of the chaos and. Just, Lord, help us to focus on you as we as we chat. Thank you, God, for all your goodness, no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, Scott's not here, so we don't have a Would You Rather prepared, though I will spoil the ending by saying our closing segment is a lightning round of Would You Rathers <laughs> that were sent in. Um, oh, boy. And so uh, I don't want to pull from one of those. Does anybody have a Would You Rather off the top of your head? And to fill space while you're trying to remember, I will say my favorite Would You Rather story. Every year... The president of Wheaton College has a chapel where he literally just gets up there, prays, and then says, all right. And then there's like three microphones around the chapel, and anyone can ask him any question at any time. Uh, hmm. And he'll just answer it on the spot, which is nuts because I would be so afraid to do that because you, what you get is really like soft, soft, soft balls from people who love him. And then just like the hardest fastballs <laughs> you could possibly imagine <laughs> where people are like making personal attacks or like stuff like that. So it gets really intense. But the year before I got there, my brother told this story of a guy who just got up and he just said, I have a question. It's like, yes. Would you rather be rich or stupid? (laughs) (laughs) And that is like, Scott and I say that to each other all the time. Um, Anybody have a would you rather off the top of your head? All I can think of is last week's. What was last week's? Would you rather have no elbows or no knees? <laughs> it's just a horrifying mental picture. Oh, man. Picture. I, I wish we had said at the time, everybody just had their arms, like, splayed out to try and, like, experience what it would be <laughs> like. I imagined that. <laughs> um, well, Morgan, which would, you, which would you take? I think the same as everybody else. Mm. I would rather have no knees. It's just It's more practical that it's way. It's more practical. I, I, I may or may not have accidentally tried to see what it would be like to eat without using the <laughs> just for entertainment value. How did that go? Um, I looked a lot like my five-year-old. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, how do you... You Mostly you just, like, put something on the table, and then uh-huh. you have to, like, oh, and you, you use, know... You just bend you just down. Bend down. That's not mm. bad. Yeah. I was going to say... We you eat just... 90% of our meals like that, so... <laughs> I'm already a, a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I think as a... It makes the community aspect a lot more important, though. Because, like, your real main option is to feed each other. Oh, true. At that point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Eating cereal would be a lot more difficult without elbows. I was imagining you just lifting it like a bowl over your head and pouring it down. (laughs) 
Or you, you might just, just stop eating it completely. Like, take that cinnamon toast crunch. You're not getting my money anymore. I don't think we would have invented cereal <laughs> or indeed soup. You have to sit a lot far back, farther back in the car, too, because you can't bend your arms. You'd have to sit really far oh. back to reach the steering wheel. Or, oh. bonus, we had T Rex arms Ooh. instead mm. of human arms. Mm-hmm. And then you're just really close. Yeah. Well, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week this week uh, is brought to you by the Silent Retreat. Throughout the weekend of July 31st to August 2nd, we'll be endeavoring to remove the noise of our world with a silent retreat. This is a chance for middle and high school students to experience the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude. Together, we will take increasing amounts of time to be with God, listen for his voice, and explore how silence and solitude are portrayed in the Bible. We will also take the time to discuss what students and leaders alike have learned about God or heard from God uh, in those silent times. This time away is designed to make our dependence on the noise of society apparent and our desperate need for God's voice in our life more clear. The Silent Retreat, July 31st through August 2nd. To register or learn more, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash silentretreat. Last week we had Mickey, your Mm -hmm. husband, on. And He's a good-looking guy. He is nice. <laughs> <laughs> he is easy on the eyes. Uh, and we asked him. Uh, we asked him uh, just like about the process of creating the silent retreat and just like all of the thought that he's put into it. Do you living with him and as like another person who works at this church, like also somebody who puts a lot of thought into into ministry? Do you get to see that, or is it? kind of his own world. Like how how does Mickey work? Yes. Um, he and I offer operate very differently because I word vomit every idea and thought mm-hmm. and have to process it out loud as I'm planning. Most of which he doesn't even give input. He just lets me talk <laughs> Aww, to him. That's sweet. Um, but he does everything internally. He processes, mm-hmm. he plans, mm-hmm. he asks me for feedback as he like creates and produces something. Mm-hmm. But I'm amazed at how his mind works, honestly. It's it's hmm. really cool. So he's like a prototyper. Like he's like, here's prototype one. What do you think? Whereas you're like, I'm thinking about putting wheels on it. What do you think? <laughs> like that yes. kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's Yeah, he's pretty incredible. Sure. Has he been practicing for the silent retreat? <laughs> this is this is his life. Yeah. This is his life's his calling. Life. I think he planned this specific retreat just as a parent <laughs> wanting to have four hours of silence. Time. He was like, "Isn't that a long time?" And he's like, "It's fine. <laughs> it's not nearly enough." <laughs> and I'm a little jealous. <laughs> How long is he? He used to be famous. I feel like I've seen him wearing shoes more lately. Mm. But I feel like on on campus, he used to be famous for being barefoot. Where yeah. does that come from? Um, Well, he just likes to be barefoot, Um, but he also is known when he was doing worship, which he hasn't done in a really long time because, you know, life and kids and Mm -hmm. ministry, other opportunities and stuff. Um, He used to worship barefoot, and the whole Mm. premise of that is that he's on holy ground, Um, going back to the Moses days. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe a little bit of comfort, but also just it's holy ground. Sure. When you two, you know, got together or like, you know, you in your own life have had like powerful experiences and and thoughts like that, what is it like to sort of mesh those together? Like you both care a lot about ministry, you both care a lot about missions in a way. Like what is it like to sort of see where they align, but also see where they potentially like not conflict because the heart's from the same place, but like kind of collide? Um. Honestly, it's such an adventure, and I feel like we're still 
discovering things. Um, but I think it was our passions for that we recognized in one another that initially draw, drew us to each other. So yeah. um, there's this story in the Bible that I love about. It's a really weird story to love about Tamar and Jacob. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a really unique story. Um, but spoiler alert, um, oh, it's Judah, not Jacob, yeah. sorry. Judah says, um, you are more righteous than I, after she does a bunch of shady stuff. <laughs> um, and I just find it a really interesting story. And that was one of the first lessons that I taught in our young adults group back in Colorado. And Mickey was like, that girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we just keep discovering new things about um, our passions about ministry. And Daniel Raymond Schneider, shout out to him. He's really good at um, drawing out your passions and helping you figure out what those are. Yeah. So um, Mickey has been helping me kind of yeah. sort through those things, too. So, wow. yeah. So if you haven't done the Ipsat with Daniel, you should do it. Mm-hmm. Shout out. True. True not that. sponsored by him, but. No, not yet. <laughs> Trying to rope them He's in. He's sponsoring the outro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dan, you also are in a, a similar situation. I'm really excited about this show because you both have experience being children's directors. You both are in ministry, married to people who are in ministry. What was your experience with starting to sort of put those gears together when when you and Amber were were you know getting married? Man, I feel like my wife has helped me to develop so much. As a leader, as a person, like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for her. Mm. Like she is just an amazing person, very, like very organized. And when we got married, I was not very organized. Um, and so <laughs> there's so many instances I can point back to her. She's just been really patient with me, helping me. Like I freely said, I would not be here at this church if it weren't for her, mm. or where I am in life. Mm. Like she is just is incredibly talented, very patient with with me as a. Like we we got married and like I, I pretty much knew nothing <laughs> um, about organization and ministry and just was yeah. really walked with me through it. And, That's so sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. You're both sure. awesome. Yeah. I love having too. her on. That was so much fun. <laughs> um, she had fun too. Well, for topic of the week this week, we've got obviously Morgan and, and Dan, the uh, children's director and young families directors respectively. Uh, but more importantly, you guys are parents. Um, I have been routinely impressed, uh, well, impressed is the wrong word, I guess, inspired um, by both of you in my relatively brief time of, of knowing you guys. Um, but also like the things, you know, Morgan, that you've said about parenthood and about like the role of the church in parenthood. Um, and, and Dan, you know, talking about young families and, and how mm-hmm. young families support each other and how the church supports them. Um, so I want to talk about that. I'm 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> when I was in second grade, my school got a computer lab and we would go down every Thursday to learn about this hot new thing called Google. <laughs> what? And so we would do like <laughs> typing classes and we'd also be like, but wh-? like, I didn't understand the concept. I was like, what are you, you search for what? What could you, what is there? <laughs> like, what could you possibly need? <laughs> um, and now we live in a world where like every child has access to the internet and in a large way, like the internet has access to them. And also the climate of our world has has changed, both literally and figuratively, since I was a kid, since since you guys were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start off uh, as a little bit broadly, you know, in your 
personal experience and in your ministries, what have you heard parents say is like the biggest challenge of raising their kids in, in 2020? Specifically in 2020? Uh, <laughs> 2020 uh, has been quite the year. In 2020 and the immediately preceding non-pandemic years. <laughs> I think one, one thing that parents have told me is, especially when, with older teens, students, is social media is, is a challenge to kind of navigate with teens and, and walk through them with just the, the pressures of, you know, a lot of bullying happens on social media, a lot of negative stuff can happen there and parents really wanting to protect their kids. Mm-hmm. So that's an area of, I've heard from multiple parents of like, we want to hold off on our kids really getting into social media until they really, really have to. Sure. There's a lot of good things that come with it of being connected with others and a lot of challenges as well. I think there's another component too of social media, not just how it affects our kids, but how it affects us. I was talking with my mom about all the amazing things that she did with me when I was a teen. And I was like, how did you not have Pinterest? (laughs) You didn't have all these other resources Mm -hmm. to tap into. And I realized I'm so dependent on other ideas and other resources. Mm. Um, There's so many different parenting groups like on Facebook. Um, I'm a part of like a twin group, um, which is – it's great and it's helpful, but I think that it also – lessens our dependence on God and on the intuition that he's gifted us with mm. in parenting sure. and especially when we're connected to him more intimately and deeply through all of the um, joys and trials of parenting. Mm. So not just, yeah, social media for sure for our kids, but also it's downfalls for us as well mm. as parents. Mm. I guess one thing I just immediately noticed that's harder now is just there's so many things vying for family's attention. Like in addition to the church, there's just so many activities. I guess that's always been the case. But I just, I guess being in another country and coming back saw it in a different way. It's just, there's sports, there's a million different clubs and things. And it's just, church can easily get relegated to like second or third or fourth or fifth place mm-hmm. when there's just so many different options available for parents to like put their kids in. And, all, and a lot of them are good things. I'm not saying they're not, but. Morgan, do you feel like even in your time here, like the demands of children's ministry have evolved or like in, you know, you've been in ministry for years, you know, how have you seen it change? Yeah. um, I think what I've noticed is that there once was a dependence on the church to provide the spiritual support Mm. for families and kids. Mm -hmm. And now there's a shift where there's more focus in the church being the support for families Mm. providing that spiritual support nurturing. Sure. So I'm totally all about that movement too. Um, and I recognize that not everybody has a background where they have a strong spiritual support. And I mm-hmm. think that there's lots of space for our, um, our spiritual mothers and fathers in the church to come alongside those people and those families, but really, yeah, supporting parents as they become and they see themselves as the primary spiritual caregiver mm-hmm. is is really important. Mm. And I think that, that that movement's become much stronger in the most recent years. Mm. Do you see that in the young families too? Like, Yeah, I, I'm thinking of Monica H., <laughs> one of our young families, ladies, and she had a, a like a from the congregation message and just shared how, how much she appreciates this church and just being able to count on the fact that when she comes here, her kids have like an extra set of like grandparents, an extra set of like aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, To that it's not just like her and her husband that are 
really trying to do what Morgan's saying, of, yeah. like being the primary spiritual caregivers. Like, there's other people coming alongside them and mm-hmm. kind of being their village, their support, their kind of reinforcing what they're teaching at home. Yeah. I think there is like a real stereotype of, at least there there used to be a real stereotype of you you come to church and you drop off your kids and then like the Sunday school teacher teaches them what they need to know and makes them better people and then they give them back to you. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah, how many other hours a week are they at home and right. not at church, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I love this idea mm-hmm. of like helping disciple parents to disciple their kids. The idea of parents discipling their kids like is such a, oh, like that's so obvious. But also, like, mm. who is better suited to do that? And as Dan, you were saying, like, being those extra aunts and uncles, what is our role, not as staff, but as just fellow Christians in the body? What is our role in helping those parents disciple their kids? I think something that Morgan is really good at is giving resources to providing resources for mm. parents to mm-hmm. to have to, like, well, what if I don't know how to answer this certain question? I know, yeah. like, you came into our class and it really fielded some questions and said, like, I'm going to get you some resources about, you know, talking to your kids about this and such a subject. Because there are things that we as parents, like, we can't anticipate everything and things come up and questions, kids ask questions, like, what do we say? Hmm. What do we do? And sometimes we get afraid of, like, like, they said, oh, I, sometimes I can, like, what if I say the wrong thing and I, like, mess up my kid? Hmm. Like, we don't want to <laughs> want to do that. And, sure. But to, to have the, the backing of the church, like, there's resources that we can give you to, hmm. to help with that. And also making ourselves as staff available. Hmm. So like we're here for you if you need to talk. Yeah. I think one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ is that we all have different roles. And so um, sometimes when I hear Mickey um, coaching or talking to Adrian about something in the Bible, I think, oh, I'm so thankful that Mickey's got this covered. And I can, um, not that, I mean, I've, I've, I read the Bible, of course, yeah. but mm-hmm. Mickey he absorbs it so much. And Adrian is just like him in that mm-hmm. they they both absorb scripture. And I love that. When we widen that out into the entire church body, we're functioning so much more healthily than if we just try to contain that, mm-hmm. even within our family unit. There's so many resources, and I mean people as resources. Um, there's one, one family right now, Mickey meets with a teen in that family, and they meet regularly and they read Romans. Mm-hmm. And this family also has participated in like a Wana family discipleship and day camp discipleship groups. And so then that family in turn is pouring into our family. And there's just this really beautiful cyclical nature cool. of discipleship happening. And that's what I would love to see. That's really what my heart is for the whole church. Mm. Um, not just Bloomingdale Church, really, but for the Capital C Church and, and mm. the world for us to really come alongside one another and to help each other through all of the different yeah. experiences. Mm. And and you can see it naturally, and you can yeah. see it through different ways that we've structured our programs. Yeah. But it's really cool, and it's encouraging. Yeah, there's so much we have to learn from each other. I think what you're saying about Mickey, I saw, I've seen in you, and I've learned from you, Morgan. Like There was a time where Adrian was having a bad day. It always sticks out in my mind. And he was here at the church, and you just dealt with him so gently and so kindly, and I thought to myself, man, I, I can take that and learn from that and mm-hmm. apply that to my life because if I were in her situation with my child, I probably would be less patient and less kind. Mm. Oh, it helps that other people are watching. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, <laughs> time to put on your good mom hat, <laughs> not your really tired, exhausted mom hat. Um, I love that image, Morgan, of 
specialization is like, I don't know, it seems like a buzzword, but like to look at Mickey and say like, man, I'm so glad that like those are, this is the area of discipleship that he is particularly strong in. And so I don't have to be strong in that area. I can be strong in the areas that I am strong in, in the other areas of discipleship. I think um, there's a quote I love that I guess I'll share. Uh, it's a quote about uh, feminism in the, na- in the late 20th century. And it's, it's we are the, the daughters of strong women who said you can be anything and we heard you have to be everything. Mm. I feel like as parents, you can also fall into that trap of saying, I'm responsible, you know, if I'm going to move away from the stereotype where, like, I drop my kid off and then, like, upload the, you know, gospel into him and then I get him back and he's all better. Like, (laughs) if I'm going to take ownership of my child, like, how do I not fly off the other side of the boat of, like, I am micromanaging my kid, I am... That's a lot of pressure. It's so much pressure, and and when we're under that kind of pressure for so long is when the devil really can mess with us, and... Yeah, and does. Yeah, and I love that idea of us as a church just being who we are, who God has made us to be, and letting parents hmm. be who God made them to be with gaps, and those gaps are made up for by the community and mm-hmm. the church. I think that's really cool. One of the goals I have as a parent is to surround my child with so many good people that are going to be saying like similar things to me, not the same thing because they're not clones of me, but they're going to be sharing the same verses hmm. and they're going to be speaking the same truths from the Bible so that when they get my child gets to that point where they don't want to listen to me about those things, hopefully, <laughs> if, if that happens, yeah. I'm going to be fatalistic, like, they're not going to listen to me, you know, <laughs> that there's a, a core group of people around mm. her that can yeah. speak truth, that she's got a relationship with them. Hmm. You said this, this little phrase... Um, that really stuck out to me like oh. 10 minutes ago. Oh, I'm I don't saying, remember what it was. <laughs> I really hope I don't screw up my kid. Mm. Do you guys, as just parents, as just human people, when I think about having a child, I go straight to that mm. of like, am I inherent to my own struggles and personality and brokenness? Mm. Am I going to, quote, screw up my kid? Mm. Do you feel that, first of all, as parents and and or even in your ministries, have people felt that? I think it's a day-to-day thing. <laughs> some days I go to bed and I'm like, I rocked that. <laughs> and then some days I go to bed and I'm like, all right, how much money do we have in savings for therapy? <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a hit-or-miss day-to-day kind of thing okay. for me. Yeah. Mm. That is one thing, too. I would, like, I don't want to... Am I doing something either intentionally or unintentionally or, like... Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I'm not intentionally trying to make my kid messed up or anything, but is there something in my life that's causing them to go off track? Mm. Which I think is is a good question to ask yourself, to do self-reflection, to make sure, like, am I I right with God and am I, you know, leading my family in the right direction? Mm. Um, But it's the hardest part about parenting for me is you can invest all this, all your time and energy and prayer, effort, and then ultimately it's their decision. Mm. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen and you send them off. It's like you build like this model boat. Mm-hmm. You try your best to build it and build it, and you set it free on the water, and you hope it doesn't sink. You pray it doesn't sink. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the hard part of trusting. Yeah. And like, Lord, and I know a lot of parents that have wrestled with this, and you know, I think my parents wrestled with it too, because I, for a span in my early college years, walked away from the Lord. And I think parents really wrestle with this of like, what did I do wrong? Well. Mm. I think it's really easy to beat ourselves up. Yeah. 
but we can do we can do what we can do and a lot of and it's in God's hands and a lot of it doesn't depend on us after a certain point but as my dad has recently reminded me you never stop being a parent no matter mm-hmm. how old your kids are mm-hmm. so to constantly be trying to be a person of influence positive influence mm-hmm. in their life yeah. no matter what age they are yeah and let's be clear i mean jesus christ spent 85 to 90% of his time with people whose parents probably would say like I screwed my kid up mm. or my kid screwed themselves up depending on where they wanted to place place the blame like you don't quote screw your kid up beyond God's love mm. and 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 as you said Dan like it is ultimately a choice what is the encouragement that we can say to parents who feel like they have blown that like whether it's I knew Jesus when I had mm-hmm. a kid and I and I just didn't it just I just couldn't internalize it I just couldn't mm-hmm. express it because of my own things that I was dealing with or my own blindness my own distraction mm-hmm. or people who say man I wish I knew Jesus when my kid was eight years old instead mm-hmm. of you know meeting him and and falling in love with Jesus when I when my kid was 28 mm-hmm. like what do we say to those parents who who feel like they've really damaged their their child? I would just stop and say, I'm sorry. That's hard. Mm. And try to enter into, there's a lot of grief in that, a lot of sadness in that. Mm. And then it's never too late to start Mm. trying to be a person of influence. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about the story of Job and before his friends decided to, you know, rip on him, (laughs) they Mm. just sat with him and grieved for several days in Mm -hmm. silence. And so I think, I think there is an element of like, yeah, I, I feel you and that's a heavy burden. It's also a burden that you don't have to carry on your own. And like mm-hmm. you said, nothing is outside of God's love. No person is unredeemable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much that we just don't know and we can't possibly understand. There are so many seeds that are planted that we just don't see growing, mm. um, or at least we don't see the full yeah. Yeah. product of True. what of what we do. So I yeah, I would I would just say don't despair. Yeah. I'll sit with you in it and just remember that we don't see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Good word. It is never too late to ask God to make you an instrument of kindness and love and truth and justice. Mm-hmm. God works mm-hmm. in you the way he works in your kids. And he calls you to be the best you can be, and he calls you to be his voice. But you also won't succeed all the time. Did you struggle with those fears, especially with like Amory? Uh, I have so much anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> mm. but there also is a I will say um, a weird component of raising boys and girls, mm. just. Um, I'm not, I like, I have a five-year-old and a one and a half-year-old, so I have no idea what that even means <laughs> to raise a boy and a girl because they're both like the same, they're both the same pretty much right now. So, um, but I do have a lot of anxiety and not passing on my own past traumas to them, mm-hmm. um, particularly in, in context of like my my past struggles with an eating disorder Mm. and really wanting to make sure that I don't ever talk about our bodies in a way that would shame or Mm. degrade them um, or even make them question (laughs) 
Like, what did she mean by that? Yeah. Um, I've definitely noticed. Um, I don't know if it has to do with personality. Adrian is a flaming extrovert. <laughs> um, and I tend to be more extroverted as well. And I don't know if it's a quality of that personality type. Mm -hmm. But um, he's very hard on himself where he'll get in trouble and he'll say, I'm the worst. Mm. And it makes me filled with utter sorrow because I totally identify mm -hmm. with that, mm -hmm. with that feeling. And it's like for something completely dumb, like I dropped the baking soda on the floor and I spilled it all. And now I'm like, I'm the worst because <laughs> I spilled something. And, um, seeing like seeing that being passed on to him, whether it's, through his observation and imitation of me or through like just sharing similar attributes like an extroverted personality, being hyper aware of what other people think, mm -hmm. um, craving approval, those things. It's really hard and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how to help him not feel that way or not process that aside from just like we're going to pause and we're going to talk about this Daniel, Daniel Tiger style. <laughs> we're going to talk about our emotions. <laughs> we're going to talk about how we feel. We're going to mm -hmm. tell ourselves truth mm -hmm. from the Bible. Yeah. God doesn't say we're the worst. God says that he loves us. Yeah. God says mm -hmm. that we're whole. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it's hard because there's like this, this trauma of my own that I have to process through and wrestle with as I'm parenting and raising them. Yeah. That's that's a hard dynamic that yeah. I have no idea. If anyone wants to mentor me through it, please do. Um, I could use some help for sure. Yeah. I think uh, even the fact that you're aware of that and wanting keeping that present on your mind is huge. A lot of people, yeah, it's not something that comes up and it has a, a big impact and it blows up and they didn't realize it. And the fact that it's on your mind and your heart is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I pray that in learning to forgive Adrian, you will learn to forgive yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really quick, we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago with, with Mickey and with Curtis. Um, how has the months of isolation with our children, right? How has the incredibly close confinement of parents <laughs> and their children, which is very unusual, Granted, it's summer, so like there's some level to that, but like during school, and now it's like been five months ish since the shutdown. Like, how do you feel like that has changed relationships for the better or or for for worse? It's been hard, really. I think you feel so isolated, and already as a parent, you can tend to feel like you're doing it mm. all by yourself. Mm. I mean, with your spouse or if you're a single parent, um, even more so, like, to feel like you're you're in it by yourself and you're just trying to get through, you know, the isolation, get through the months of solitude, get through the, the tantrums and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, when my parents arrived, Adrian lost his mind because there were people... Mm other people, yeah. mm. not mom and dad, mm -hmm. to give him input and and to love on him. Mm. And I do notice a change in his attitude for sure, um, having more love. So, yeah, I, I think I look forward to more opportunities for other people to love my kids mm. in, in a lot of the ways that we've been talking about with discipleship. Yeah. Um, 
just because I notice how it makes him different. Um, yeah. Dan, have you experienced any, I mean, so this is, this is your first year in the States <laughs> with a daughter and what a year it's been. It's been quite interesting. 2020 um, in particular. So what's the, what's there's the, some fun memes out there on the internet of what 2020 is like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the biggest difference between, uh, parenting in Mexico during normal times and parenting in the United States during a pandemic. <laughs> I just, I feel like our parenting style hasn't changed, but I feel like our father-daughter relationship that we have is, has been built in a way a little bit deeper in this season just because we've had, we had experiences together, like more depth of experiences. We have like, we have five years together this coming fall, like as a family, the three of us. So it was kind of cool for Renata, kind of cool for us. It was kind of like a, a step back after having moved and everything and life changed and all of a sudden it was like, now we're home together. And yeah. so I felt like it, things were able to be just more bonds built and yeah. being able to process the like, big life change a little bit more. How old is she? She would be 10 in September. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a, a widespread difference of opinion in parents of older kids mm-hmm. and parents of young children <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. I love I love the beauty of what you just said. And I'm like, I wish I had that. <laughs> I'm just ready for a date. <laughs> I'm just ready for like a full night's sleep or my kid doesn't get in my bed. <laughs> I'm ready for a date too. I'll be perfectly honest with you. We had our anniversary and our daughter accompanied us in our anniversary date at the house. <laughs> yes. and I told her, this is the first and last time you'll ever be on an anniversary date with your parents. Next time will be when you are married. <laughs> 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 Not that I don't love her and I really no, enjoyed yeah. including her in it, but it was like, 100%. but it was like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's get into one of my favorite segments of the show, My Colleagues Rock. Uh, we brought it back last week after a bit of a hiatus, and it's basically just the time where we get to brag about the awesome people that we work with. Um, so I'll go first, uh, and I'll cheat by taking like half the staff but uh you're gonna, Dan, take, you're gonna take the youth I'm staff, taking the youth staff <laughs> uh, which means you can't use your husband uh um daniel and chelsea and mickey and i hope i'm not leaving anybody out uh are just amazing they've been doing uh the youth on mission um this week and just like every night daniel comes home I'm like how'd it go he's like oh it was so good it was so much fun and like awesome great to um you know it's been so long since there have been opportunities for people to just like have natural time, a time where you're both working on something and then you lean over and you say hi. Um, and so like having them do lawn work outside and, and really have six feet apart and stay safe, but also like have the ability to, to just share space, um, even if it's socially distanced space, uh, is super cool. And, and I'm, I'm really thankful for the three of them and they're like just how much love that they have for for these students and how mm. they're like we don't care that there's a pandemic like we're gonna follow all the safety regulations but we're not gonna quit um, we're gonna make as safe of a of an operation as possible but we're gonna let our youth have the chance to grow closer to God to love each other and to be loved by us I think that's super cool you did a my colleague Jacques with Daniel Reem. Too. Oh, I did. At the beginning, too. Yeah. Oh, we can't take, I can't it was take organic. Him. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take him because it's already been done. <laughs> I love the shout out to Pastor David and Scott for the outdoor services. Mm-hmm. They're doing and putting a lot of effort into that. And 
of course, I'm sure there are a lot of logistical challenges that go that I'm not aware of mm-hmm. that go into that. And I'm sure Max, you know some of them doing the sound and sure. got like the operation center and the youth quad, <laughs> which I had no idea existed. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you guys are putting in a lot of work, and so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. At the risk of um, embarrassing the moderator, shout out to you for all that you did for day camp. I realize yeah. that was a long time ago. Um, but for all of you listeners who don't know that Max did a ton of work um, with Scott and Leah to make it happen, I was so proud <laughs> and I was so grateful for everything that you did to make the videos um, really, really the best quality and I, yeah, I don't know. It was really incredible. So yeah, thank you. they were um, high quality. They were. And Adrian asked to watch them multiple times throughout the day. <laughs> and I was like, really? Cause like he'd already watched them all with me yeah. as, mm-hmm. as we were watching like the raw quote unquote raw footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that he wanted to see it again, yeah. um, I just thought was really precious. But you made it a magical experience for my kid and oh, yeah. and for others. Um, that was really cool. God. I enjoyed yeah. it so. watching alongside my own child. That was <laughs> <Right>? fun. <laughs> we had a song stuck in our head like the whole week. So yeah, was it the fruit of the spirit's not a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> it gets in. And it love patience, kind of farmer. Farmer Dave had a farm. What was it? Oh, yeah. oh Papa John had oh, a farm. Papa, Papa Dave. Oh, Papa, oh, Papa Dave. Dave had a farm. Love patience, kind of enjoy. Yeah, yeah. that one too. <laughs> uh. Fruit Darn it, that's going to be back in my head again. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That will be our outro music. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it will. Uh, let's get a closing segment of the week. Um, like a month and a half ago, uh, Rebecca Guild sent in like eight Would You Rathers. Whoa, I have been Rebecca. slowly using them as bonus ones. Okay. Um, but I think the time has come to just like burn through lightning the, the rest of the list. So welcome to the Would You Rather Lightning Round Guild Edition. If you'd like to be part of the show like Rebecca Guild is... Uh, and forever will be. You can send questions, <laughs> would you rather, trivia quizzes, um, and your own lightning round questions to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. Number one, would you rather never be able to text again or never be able to video call again? Dan. Never be able to video call. Why? Uh, I just feel like texting is, I text more than I video call. Same. I would go with the same thing. I don't like Skyping people. I'm sorry if that makes me a bad person, but it just like, it stresses me out. To like sit there and talk. It's like, where do I look? Do I look at you? <laughs> I started on Zoom calls. You can disable the little mm-hmm. version of you. Yes. So I started doing that, and I realized I was paying a lot more attention all of a sudden. So, <laughs> so if you're having trouble, if you if Zoom's getting old, hide which it self has for all of us. Hide self. Hide you. self. It will revolutionize yep. it. Um, I'm gonna be contradictory. Here we go. Um, because <laughs> like Adrian giving him the phone during quarantine mm. like here go talk to your cousin <laughs> <laughs> would entertain him for a time sure. and it was very necessary so sure. as much as i text and appreciate it mm-hmm. um i need some sanity that's a great plus your, your family too. lives over, your family lives overseas so connecting yes. with them that's yeah, a great exactly. yeah. it's a great to be like hey go talk to your cousin that's a really good, good yeah. use of that it is sure. would you rather never have to cook again or never have to do dishes dishes Cook. I'd go cook. I find dishes highly therapeutic. Me too. I love it. I feel like I accomplished something. Yeah. Well, well I'll invite I... both of you over and I'll cook <laughs> and you can do my dishes. Deal. Deal. <laughs> uh, would you rather live... <laughs> she asks so many questions about the houses. Would you rather live in the brick house with five bachelor guys or the brown house <laughs> with three newborn babies? Um, Sorry. I know, right? 
<laughs> I'm gonna go with the I, I'm gonna go with the Bachelor guys. I feel better about yelling at the Bachelor guys if they're being too loud. I could be like, Steven, be quiet for ten minutes. You can't do that with a baby. Do they stay babies forever? Well, they will be for the next year. I guarantee okay. you. Morgan, you can say Bachelor Girls, though I would also be interested in if you had Bachelor <laughs> yeah, Girls. I would probably get fired if, if I you, said the if Bachelor If you had boys. Bachelor Girls who had like the personalities of stereotypical Bachelor guys, the living habits of stereotypical Bachelor guys. Um, well, I'm going to say Brown House with three newborns because I'm about, about to have to two, <laughs> so like, why not add a third? So where would I be if I said I would live a different life than the one I'm living? Plus, like, hey, there's three three bedrooms. True. True. You just put one in each and you yeah. sleep on the couch. I choose the there newborns. You, you know, this is a generational thing, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, last one, and this one I just can't get over. Would you rather be stuck on a roller coaster all day with Nita... We're stuck <laughs> in a boat all day with Pastor David. <laughs> Wait, stuck in a roller coaster all day? With Nita. Or, or on a, a boat. Or on a boat with Pastor David. Uh, I'd have to go with being on the boat with Pastor David because I would get sick. Uh-huh. I can only ride a roller coaster like once. So Nita I'm... hates roller coasters apparently. Oh. A Disney roller coaster? Let's say like a Six Flags one where you're like kind of afraid it's going to break. Oh. <laughs> like you're like... Can this handle these G forces? Oh. I love. Yeah, I love roller coasters. I love roller coasters but all day. I know. It's like, will that? Can the human body sustain being that on kind a of boat damage? all day? I mean, you unless get you get sun, unless you get seasick, you get sun and you could probably fish or maybe do water sports. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the roller coaster just because I was on a boat a couple months ago. I haven't been on a roller coaster in like six years. Mm. Yeah, I, I would go with roller coaster because it means I'm probably. Okay, aside from the fact that you qualified a Six Flags shady <laughs> roller coaster, if I'm with Nita, it's Disney. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, if I, I would, I would take them both on the roller coaster. I wonder what Pastor David thinks about roller coasters. Oh. I should have asked him last week. Yeah, that would have been, cool. been cool. We can ask him next time or two weeks ago. Well, that is all the time that we have this week. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Morgan. Woo. Thank you, Max. Dan, take us home. You've been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. Uh, Bill says people's last names all the time. And I just like, I'm so like, do I need to like bleep that out? Which would be even more funny. <laughs> Bill's just talking, all of a sudden gets bleeped. You're like, that's Bill. Valerie, bleep. <laughs> so uh, send in your opinions as to whether or not we should cut out people's last names to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. Um, like Trogdor Homestar Trog- Runner? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Trogdor. Yeah. I just showed Adrian that video. The Trog- you just showed him Trogdor? Yeah. Terminating oh. the countryside. Yeah. Are you mean when he draws him? Uh huh. Let's put one of those beefy arms back on him. (laughs) Yeah, for for good measure. Good measure. Consummate V's. I said consummate V's. (laughs) That guy wouldn't know majesty if it came up and bit him in the face. (laughs) You do his voice very well. I've been working on it for 24 years. (laughs) I love I think I was four years old. Wow. When my 20 year old cousin at the time showed me and my eight year old brother and my 
10-year-old sister, homestarrunner.com. It's been a lifelong. Such a blessing. Everything I know about comedic timing and most of my sense of humor is based on that website (laughs) and those characters. I love it. Amber watched that in college. She was all into That's so good. That's awesome. Find you a girl who likes Homestar Runner. Preach.